And we are back. Episode 18 of Journey to a Million. More offseason previews, of course. You know, the draft, I've been mentioning it week by week. We get closer to it here um, April 28th. It starts, so you know it's it's coming just around the corner here. And with that, we have two teams to preview for the offseason. The Lions and the Vikings will be starting with the Lions here. Full journey to million crew here is, as well. Myself, Drew Skyberg, Jared Valeski, and then Zach Roush as well. Uh, no guests this episode as well. Just going to be us three, the journey to million crew, talking sports, talking football. And then with that, yeah, talking Lions and Vikings. So let's get right into it here. Let's talk about this Lions past season. And let's just talk all things Lions here in this first half. Uh, just starting with, I mean, all three of us, we were at their Lions regular season finale. They did get that dub against the Packers. I know Packers sitting, you know, starters in the second half, but it was, you know, an interesting, it was like the Lions fans, they were very happy after that game, right? Yeah, they were. It was exciting for them. Obviously, the season they had, people were saying 0-16 or 0-17 now with the extra game. Um, so people were saying a lot of that and, they kind of, I wouldn't say they, they picked it up at the end of the year. I think there was a point where they were like two, one and one in their last like five or something like that or four. So they were getting a lot better with that win over the Packers, which you can't really count because they rested their starters, but they were putting up a fight in the first half as well. So something promising to end the year for the Lions fans going into the next year. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a fan base that was that excited for a win. Like when we were walking out there all chanting and it was it's actually cool to see, but I mean, are we going to do grades? Give them a grade. Of course we Better are. Grade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll start here. You know, expectations being as low as they were, you still can't give them a high grade, but I'll give them a C minus, right? Uh, Coach Dan Campbell came in um, with not a lot to work with, but what just his press conferences were treat to always watch. And I think, you know, he's a great guy. I mean, he meant well for the squad and, yeah, like Jared, so they picked it up at the end of the year, and that that bolstered them to a C minus grade for me. We were looking F going into, I mean, like week twelve or so, and then Amon Amon Ross St. Brown Brown picked it up, and I mean Jared Goff had a a little, I mean, not a good season. It was rough, but he picked it up at the end of the year a little bit. So I mean, they had a good ending. So I would probably say D plus. I'll give them a C. I mean, yeah, obviously their expectations weren't high, but. Dan Campbell came in. He's working on resetting that culture, and they're building a team to fit that culture, starting the trenches with the offensive and defensive line. And obviously, like Jared said, uh, St. Brown really came on at the end of the year and showed a lot of promise. And then they have – obviously, they signed Jamal Williams from the Packers, so that was a good signing. He contributed some good things to that team, and they have another young star running back in um, DeAndre Swift, who is a definitely a promising young player. So. I definitely like where this team is going. If they can get a little upgrade at quarterback and maybe another weapon or two with a few pieces on the defense, I think they can uh, make a little run. Yeah, the Chark acquisition, you know, that was a big move in this offseason. Not not many moves, as we talked about, for the Lions. They're in this, you know, they're in this rebuild, I'd say. And it's it's tough having Jared Goff, you know, the trade they made with Stafford. It's, I don't think you can win, you know, Win with golf under center. I know we saw the Rams, you know, make a Super Bowl with him, but again, look at the team he had around him, right? The Lions. I don't know if they're going to be able to put together what what the Rams were able to put together around golf. So, 
I think that might be something to keep an eye out on. I don't know how much longer they stick with golf. I think maybe through this year, but then I think then you got to start looking at maybe who will take on, take him on, you know, contract wise and in general, like who's going to, you know, have him as their quarterback. So that's going to be an interesting story, I think. But, you know, with that, I mean, I mentioned the move, right? The Chark, you know, getting Chark, which was a good move, and then cutting Trey Flowers. But other than that, there's not many moves made here by the Lions. Yeah. I mean, like you said, going through a rebuild, they're not. I don't think they're trying to make a lot of moves over the offseason. There's not much that they want to do right now. They're not in a win-now state. They're in a rebuild. So they got that number two pick, which they'll probably get either Neal or Hutchinson, um, just to build you know, a solid base and get better year by year. That's all they're looking to do right now. They're not in conversations for division, anything close to that yet. Um, maybe they'll win a few more games than they did last year, but that's all they're really trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I definitely like the Chark sign, you know, because – He's a young player. I think he's 25, something like that. He's kind of a one year. He's still got to prove it a little bit after his injuries last year. But if he does turn it around, has a good season, they can sign him long term. Obviously, they have the cap space. And I think Goff has probably one or two more years if they don't get a quarterback this year, which they've been linked to. Obviously, in my mock draft, I had them taking uh, Sam Howell with the 32nd pick at the end of the first round. So I definitely don't think they're going quarterback at number two but if they do go quarterback I think it'll be with that 32nd pick I do agree with that and let's talk about the draft here number two and number 32 in the first round as we mentioned you know Zach Roush he did he did make his mock draft he did put it on um you know it's on the Instagram it looks great and it's it's good to have up there um other than you know having a quarterback listed as a cornerback it's okay, but no, we don't need to talk about that. No, but yeah, it's some great stuff he put together. So go check it out. It's on our Instagram. It's a highlight of ours. So if you go to our Instagram profile, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew, and you press on NFL mock draft, you can look at his full 32, you know, all 32 picks all the first round. He gave his insight. And if you want to know his rationale behind them, just swipe up on it and he'll reach out back to you. He'll talk about why he did what he did with his 32 selections. So like I said, number two and number 32 here, um, it, it gets interesting, right? I mean, start with that number two pick. They've been linked to Hutchinson. They've been linked to, to Thibodeau. They've been linked to, you know, other guys out that spot. Who are they taking with number two? It's hard to tell because you can go, Zach. I don't think they're going offensive line. I mean, I can see it because there is um, a couple good prospects in Neil. Um, Icky and Charles Cross, but I, their offensive line is probably one of the strengths of that team already. And they did go uh, Penny Sewell last year. So I think ideally for them, if Hutchinson drops number two, I don't think they're going to second question that they're going to take him right away. But if he doesn't drop, he does go on to the Jags. I think they're going to have a little bit more of a um, kind of a issue with who they're going to pick. They're going to have to think about a little bit more with uh Kayvon Thibodeau's kind of personal issues that he's been having and kind of linked to him in the draft. So you don't think that they would just go with the uh, take the best athlete available at that point if Hutchinson does fall to number two? If Hutchinson goes number two, I think he's – if he falls, yeah, if he doesn't go to the Jags, he's definitely going to Lions, I'd say. What about Neil? If Neil Neil doesn't go over number one? Yeah, see, that's where it's a little bit more complicated because their O-line is the strength of that team, and they have a lot of other holes that 
they can address that's a much bigger need than O-line. I, I personally think Trayvon Walker might be that guy who slides up to number two. Yeah, he's that been be, flying up draft boards recently. That might be my guy because if, if they can't get Hutchinson, I think they go Walker. Might be the way to go. So if it goes, yeah, like like basically Jacksonville, if they go Hutchinson, it goes then maybe Walker. And then again, you know, if the Texans, they go O-line, that's where I think those guys like, you know, Neil and Okongwu will fall. So, yeah, I mean, Jack, uh, Detroit also does have uh, 34. So they have three picks in the top 34. Um, so like you said, if they do take a quarterback, um, number 32 at Matt Coral, then they might be looking for some defense. Like uh, it says, um, I've seen Lewis Klein, or Lewis, is it Sins? I don't know how to say his last name. Sign, I think. Sign, is it? Out of Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if they'll target defense, but it, yeah, like you said, I, I agree that with the whole Neil yeah. thing, that if he does fall, I don't know if they'll necessarily take him. Yeah. If they don't get edge with the second pick, like if Hutchinson goes and they don't take uh, Kayvon, and then they don't take edge with the 32nd pick. I could see them going with the, uh, out of Houston. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but there's a edge rusher out of Houston. That's been climbing up some draft boards and it's going to be around that um, first, second round turn. I think are you talking about Logan Hall. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, that's okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Talking like the, like we've talked, the 32nd pick might be interesting there. Um, like number one or number two, it seems like we have some guys, but you know, you don't know where they're going to go with 32. You, you just don't. And quarterback safe. Like there's a lot of guys, maybe even linebacker. Right. I mean, there's a position's needs. Like there, there was a lot of ways they could go. And thankfully in this draft, they have a lot of ways they could, you know, satisfy this, but I think to wrap, wrap up here, we'll talk some fantasy and then talk next year's schedule pr- prediction. So uh, fantasy, I mean, Everyone's looking at Amon Ross St. Brown, right? Uh, what, what do you guys think his outlook's going to be next year? Is he going to be – where are we going to have him in fantasy? Like in like wide receiver two, like a solid one in 12-team leagues? Like how, what's his upside? A lot of upside. A lot of upside. I think uh, dynasty dra- um, drafts are like um, fantasy. They should get all over him. I'm sure he's already on a team. But, I mean, keep him. I could see him being a solid wide receiver two, like you said in a 12 team league. But I mean, if it's bigger than 12, he could even be your wide receiver one possibly, but that's a stretch. Maybe he, if he has a breakout season, like he ended last year doing, I mean, that's a possibility. I think if he's so, going to be your wide receiver one, you have to go like three running back deep first three rounds and then probably get a good tight end or something like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe your wide one. receiver one gets hurt and he steps up. Maybe yeah. that's, that's what it comes I down think to. he's definitely a wide receiver two with upside to be yeah. like a high wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one. Yeah. Just depending on, like, if they do draft a quarterback that is upgrade over Goff, well, then he might be getting up there. But there's a lot of great receivers, and so he's a he's a great reception guy too. I just want to point that out. PPR leagues, whatever half half point or full PPR, I mean, he's going to be a guy to even look out for there because like, he gets a lot of targets. I know that last game we that we watched at, you know, at Detroit. Um, I I mean, Goff it was basically like he was. He was the guy he was looking at. Like that was his main target. Main read was Amon Ross St. Brown. Not saying it's going to be like that next year with Chark, but do we think Chark is going to help or hurt his fantasy value? We love talking about this. I yeah. think, I mean, I think he'll, he'll help him um, because 
they only had one receiver with Amon Ross St. Brown. He's been the target besides uh, TJ Hawkinson, obviously the right out of the tight end. Um, I also saw a stat about um, his completions for PPR leagues. I think he's caught like what is like 50 straight passes or something. He's like, or it might be even more than that. I saw something that he hasn't dropped a pass in a long time. So, I mean, Chark coming in will definitely help obviously because I think because he'll take the, I mean, he'll still have the prime defender on him, but it'll open up a little more space for right where the, the wide receivers. Yeah, I think it helped a little bit. I've seen Chark isn't a top-notch receiver across the field from him. So it's not going to be like a Hunter Renfro, Devonta Adams type, but it is going to take a little bit of the coverage off of him. And one of the big things last year that made him so great is he is so consistent. Like after, what was week 14 or something like that, when he started getting targets, starting getting playing time, like he was incredibly consistent. You can almost count on him for like 15 points minimum. Yeah, he came up big for you, you know, fantasy championship. Pick him up around the playoffs and people, you know, it was big moves with that. And let's talk next season now, 2022 to 2023. I'm going to read the 17 opponents. Who's going first? I went first last time. I went first last time. All right. Well, I guess Drew's going first. So. It looks like I'm going first. All right. Here we go. I got to predict this. Here are the 17 opponents for the Detroit Lions at Chicago, at home against Chicago, at home against Green Bay, at home against Minnesota, at home against Atlanta, hosting Carolina, hosting Denver, hosting Las Vegas, and then at Green Bay, at Kansas City, at Los Angeles, against the Chargers, at Minnesota, at New Orleans. And at Tampa Bay, and then there's some, there are some to be determined opponents here. So I'm not sure what's going on here with this. But how many games are posted that you can see? It's only 14 right now. So it's three. This is interesting. Oh, that yeah, that's weird. What side are you using? I don't like, know what's going on here because they should be out. So. So we're having some technical difficulties, it looks like. but uh, Yeah, but I will still give my prediction. All right, here we go. Here's the schedule. Hosting Washington. Hold on. Hosting Washington at Chicago, at Dallas, hosting Chicago, hosting GB, hosting Minnesota, hosting Philadelphia, hosting Buffalo, hosting Miami, at, at Green Bay, at Minnesota, at New England, at New York to play the Giants, at New York to play the Jets, at Carolina, hosting Jacksonville, and then hosting Seattle. So with this schedule, I will give them four wins. I'll go four and 13. Zach? Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll go I'll go five and 12. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was going to go five and 12 and uh, Zach is the Jets. I always ask you, is this one of the games the Jets win? Of course not. Nope. Jets are beating by 20. Okay. Jets are winning this per Zach Roush. So yeah, with that, we got the second half of the episode coming up. So stay tuned to talk some Vikings right now. Episode 18 resumes on the podcast with our second team here, the Minnesota Vikings. We're doing the second team in the NFC North in this episode, and we've, we did the Bears already, so we just have the, the Green Bay Packers left, and that's going to be a long one. A lot of stuff to talk about. We'll probably keep that one for after the draft, of course. But enough with that. We're talking here, Minnesota Vikings, like I said. 
and everyone's back for the second half. And we're gonna we're gonna go through it how we always do, right? We're gonna start with our season recap. And with that, let's talk about it for the Minnesota Vikings. I'll start with a grade here. Certainly, you know, underachieved for talent they have on that roster. Uh, you certainly would expect them to hop in the playoffs, or at least sneak in. I guess might be the better word. And they didn't do that. Look, I might be crazy, but I want to go lower than the Lions because this team had expectations. So I'm gonna go D plus. That sounds about right. I'm going to go C minus. I had lines at C, Vikings at C minus, just because they did have expectations. They didn't meet them. Obviously, Zimmer's gone now, which I think was probably a big part of it. It just sometimes coaches just have to go eventually after a couple of years. But I think this year will probably be a little bit better of a year for the Vikings. I don't think they're going to compete with the Packers for the division with the first year head coach, but I think they're going to see improvement. I'm going to keep it at a D plus same as the Vikings for me um, or the Lions for me, because the Vikings, I mean, they kind of ended the year bad. The, the Lions had a little upside at the end of the year. So they have like future or promise going forward. Um, the Vikings kind of were just let, let, the, let everyone down expectation wise. So like, I think D, D plus would be around, around the right grade for me. Yeah. And with that, like, like Zach mentioned changes need, needed to be made and, Boy, they made some changes. Don Zimmer fired. New GM, too, I believe. Fired both guys. And, I mean, they made some changes, right? Uh, we saw that. Uh, not many really moves done, though, however. And, I mean, that kind of shows the confidence. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, the coach, and then the Vikings GM they have in this squad here. So, with that, um, looking at through the moves, you know, Zadarius Smith was the big one, right? Signs with the Ravens, sees other guys get, ma- they're making more money, does not sign with the Ravens, meets with the Vikings, goes well, signs with them for more money, right? That was an interesting story this offseason. Jordan Hicks, they sign as well. And then they give Kirk Cousins a generous extension. I guess, what did you guys think about moves they made? Hiring Kevin O'Connell. What, what are you guys' thoughts with that? What happened with the Zadarius Smith thing? Because I thought I saw an article that said he was signed on the Ravens and like it was official. And then a week it, later, it's well, exactly what I said. Yeah, it was. It never uh, became official. It was just like reported. They had an agreement, but he never like wanted mo- more money. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. So I was. But, uh, yeah, I like their moves. Like Kirk Cousins might be a little bit overpaid, but if you're going to compete or make the playoffs, you obviously need a quarterback and. Well, Kirk Cousins probably is in top 10, might be top 15, probably around that 15 range. But I think he's good enough to get him to the playoffs. And that's, I guess, what they're looking for this year. And I think with uh, O'Connell coming in, he definitely wanted a quarterback that could um, compete and run his offense. So I think it'll be a big year for Jefferson and Cook if he can stay healthy. But I think it'll be a, a, Decent year where they'd be fine for a wild card spot. You know, it's like Zach mentioned. I think that like wild card spot. I think that's like the ceiling for the squad. You know, and I hope that that's. I mean, not really Vikings fan, but I hope for them. You know, their sake. This is going to be kind of what they're competing for, I think. But I that be opposed we, to the Packers playing the Vikings in the playoffs. I'd be fine with that. Same here. Same here. And you know, we got to talk some draft stuff here as well. Um, you know, them having the number twelve pick. So in the draft. So that kind of leads to some questions. Who are they going to take at number 12 is obviously the big one. 
Obviously, team needs. I think cornerback is like, you know, in caps, bolded, highlighted, whatever, right? This is a team that is lacking cornerback depth. And, you know, a lot of the older guys on the, like the guys in the defense are getting older. Look, Harrison Smith isn't that young gun anymore. Uh, he's, he's approaching 30, I believe. So maybe around there. So that's another potential guy you got to look at. And then just overall other, you know, their linebacker core that was so young, you know, with like Barr and, you know, Kendricks, right. It's, it's not necessarily as young as it once was. So they certainly got to get some younger guys and they got a defensive end. I mean, yeah, especially, yeah. especially cornerback. Cause they had a uh, Jeff Gladney, who was promising a young guy, a second, third year guy, but then he got arrested. So they cut him, but uh, they have uh, Pat Pete back. So he can mentor a young guy. I think ideally for them, if Stingley does fall because injury concerns, I think they won't hesitate uh, on that at number 12, but I don't think he's going to fall that far. So I had a mock to taking Trent McDuffie out of um, Washington state. So I think that'd be a good pick for them. That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I don't think there's a chance that sauce falls to 12 and if Stingley does fall, then yeah, they'd take him. But yeah, Trent McDuffie is the the clear, I think clear choice that is looking like it for now in most mock drafts and, that's what I think they're going to go with. I agree with you guys. If Stingley's there, you take Stingley. If he's not, you, you you might you reach and take a guy like McDuffie, right? And I know like there's other guys, people, some people like Booth Moore out of Clemson. That's another guy, but I still think McDuffie might be the guy that ends up being a Viking here. And you know, who knows? I mean, if they do get, if they do go after Booth, I think they could trade back a little bit. And maybe if um, some team wants to trade up for receiver, that could be a potential trading option. But I think at where they are, it's a little bit high to take Booth. If someone wants to trade up for like a guy like Wilson in London, right? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, something like that. I could, I, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, see like maybe the one Packers of those teams doing that, in the middle. Yeah, maybe like a Saints or a Chargers if they wanted Williams to hop ahead of the other two. Because I think there's quite a few teams that would be happy to get Williams in the mid-teams. And that's why it's kind of hard to predict, like, which players going where. Because there might be trades. People might trade up, like you said, Zach. So, like, it's hard to know. Um, but I think McDuffie, but yeah, like you said, Drew, I mean, Booth could go as well. Um, we'll have to wait and see. It's really hard to tell right now. Yeah. And then soon contract stuff. All right. Just looking, you know, offseason stuff. They're going to, Justin Jefferson's going to have to get paid too. He's entering year three already, right? So, you know, I that's something to look at as well. So I, I don't know. And even with Dalvin Cook, right? This team, you know, Dalvin Cook, another year, another year, Dalvin Cook ages. I think it's a way to look at that injury concerns already. 26 he's at, and they usually point, you know, 27 is usually where we'll see the decline maybe start for running backs. I know it's not the same for everyone, but. There were some reports um, earlier in the offseason that they would listen to trade partners for Delvin Cook. Obviously, they didn't trade him or anything, but I, don't, and, I guess should we go over and uh, make some projections for Jefferson's contract? <laughs> Throw out some numbers? Good, yeah. I mean, let's try it. Not... Jared, will um, go first. I mean, he's going to get paid. He's going to get his bag. Like, he's top receiver in the league, like one of them. I mean, I could see an uh maybe like a five five year uh we'll go one 
120, maybe like a 130. Uh, well, Tyreek just signed, you know, four year 120. So, yeah, Devontae got five for 141. I'll say, yeah, but I don't think he's any, I don't think he's a Devontae. I'm gonna say five know. for 154, 155. I'm going big, you know, big, like, big. I was going, okay. yeah, I was going somewhere in there to five for about 150 to 160 because you gotta think it'll be another year or two. Cap, it's probably you know, gonna be another guy or two that gets signed to a big extension before then. And I mean, yeah, the cap space is gonna go up. So I think the value is only gonna go up. Well, I can I think it kind of depends on what what else they do with their team. Cause if they are trying to get a new court, I mean, Kirk is if he is their guy, like, yeah, I could see them paying Jefferson a lot. But if they are like getting Delvin Cook, if they're extending him or whatever they have to do, I mean, I could see like a like a 140, 150. If- if Tyreek got four for one twenty, is all I'm saying. With seventy two point two million, I think that was a bad. I think that was a bad signing, though. I, I don't. I don't like that but, signing. But That's look at Justin it, Jefferson. Though. He's he got. Did get he it. Got yeah. it. It's all about the it's money the, when it comes yeah, down to it. It's not whether it's a good contract or not. Yeah. It's whether they got it. Yeah. Look, I could go, Zach. I could go with you. Said one sixty. Look, I, I could see that. Yeah. That's I too could much. See it. No, that's too much. That's with way too eighty much. million guaranteed. Yeah, no, I, I think for a guy like that, yeah. Jared, generational. Think about, <sighs> think about Adams is what twenty eight, twenty nine. He got yeah. five for one forty one. Jefferson's going to be what twenty four, twenty five, something like that. And you think he's going to get paid twenty million higher? Well, it, no, not well, well, not in total. Years, in total, like right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I think, I think you go over 30 million a year. He's got to, right? I mean, I think that's a lock set. Yeah, crazy. With Jared, with just the receiver market. Like, if it's like 160, he'll probably get 110 to 120 guaranteed. Because I think that's going to be a new trend after that Watson contract. That it depends on what he wants. Because some players, like, obviously take pay cuts. But I mean, I don't know if he'll be that one of those people, but he'll get his money. It'll be a lot. That's all we really. And know. What's yeah. crazy, just to wrap up here. Yeah. Other than the Tyreek being that one twenty, well, the Adams being the one forty blew everything out of the water, right? You used to just see receivers getting around a hundred, maybe a little over with like one hundred four with like Stefan. Well, that's new Stefan Diggs one, and then Mari Cooper got that five year a hundred million, and that was in twenty twenty. But just looking now, right, we saw Adams go five year one forty. Like this is this is the most money being thrown at receivers ever which I know this is how it is a common theme every year, but look, you know, sky's the limit for Justin Jefferson talent wise and contract wise. So I, I do yeah, think that obviously was, a- I think Bengals are definitely hoping it's around that five or one twenty, like Jared predicted. Cause yeah. they're going to have to pay chase the year after. I feel like if a team is looking for Jefferson, not that like they would like, I mean, if he's is signing somewhere else, he would get that five year, 150, 160, like you're looking, but if he's staying on the Vikings, I could see a 130, 135, 140. Like that—that that seems more realistic to me, just because I mean he's already there, and if he's—if he likes playing there, maybe he'll take a pay cut. Who knows? With that, we want to talk schedule for next year. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do it here. As you guys said, I went first in the first half. Looks like I'm gonna choose. It goes, Jared. You're going first in the second half here. So, here we go. At Washington, at Chicago, at Detroit, at Green Bay, at Miami, hosting Chicago, hosting Detroit, hosting Green Bay, hosting Dallas. Hosting New York Giants, hosting New England Patriots, hosting New York Jets at Philadelphia, at Buffalo, hosting your Colts, hosting Arizona, hosting Arizona, and then at New Orleans to play the Saints. So what do we think? I think that they sneak into a wild card spot and they go 10 and 7. 
I'm going to go 10 and 7 as well. And to answer your question, Jared, Jets beat the Vikings. <laughs> okay. Do Colts beat the Vikings? That's not a question, of course. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> that might be one of their seven losses next year. Am I right, Jared? <laughs> Colts, seven losses. The Colts only have four losses next year, remember. But um, I'll go 10 and 7 as well. Look, I. I think they'll sneak it. I do think Green Bay wins this division, though, by at least two games, which might be bold. So, yeah, with Rodgers there, they're going to win that division. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, they get some receivers. So with that, guys, to wrap up here, anything else from the Journey to Million squad? I think that's it. All right. Talk scheduling here before we wrap it up here. Monday, episode 58. Jared Valeski is going to be on the sports crew for Monday episodes. He'll be, I believe it's a second time already on. So, you know, I think he's approaching Zach range for being on, but we'll go through all the segments with him. A lot of fun. He'll be able to do the Brewers season prediction challenge with me. Um, looks like I'm right now. I'm doing okay against Bernie is all I'll say doing. Okay. He, I went, I, I went six and one, he went five and two. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting one right now, but uh, with ne- next week, uh, we'll talk NBA in that episode. You bet. Um, look for an EWC episode Tuesday. We'll be talking. Some will be on that. Probably myself talking you know, about the spring season so far in the Eastern Wisconsin Conference. And then, of course, we'll be back here next Friday. We might have something else throughout the week as well. You know, we'll keep you guys posted. But next Friday, episode 19 of Journey to a Million. Uh, we'll have two teams. We'll do an offseason preview for that as well. So, Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Facebook, Jordan Drew the sports crew. Twitter, at JD Sports Pod. And then YouTube, Jordan Drew the sports crew. What's up? Next week, are we doing a draft preview? Next week, draft preview? For a Journey 2 million? Um, we might be doing it. Um, it'll depend. We might do one during the week that next week. It yeah. might be Journey to Million. We'll wait and see on that, but... It'll either be, like I said, the two teams for the offseason, or we might throw that draft preview in there. It all depends just based on scheduling, but you'll get a draft preview with the Journey to Million squad and a guest and, a, of course, a recap as well. So with that, anyone have anything else here? All right. Oh, so with that, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.